You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. You, you feel this, this nervousness on the phone there? Sir, I've been trying to make an urgent phone call up there. Well, I don't think it's something I want to do on an overseas phone. You got to make some phone calls. Hang up the phone. Prank caller. Prank caller. Ladies and gentlemen, it's your favorite time of the day or night when phone calls get answered, lives get changed, and um, that's it. That's Those are the only two things. I answer phone calls and I change change lives here on the Packernet After Dark podcast. We're going to get started with a, a long-time caller and friend and somebody that I think I've already transformed their life for the better, and um, hopefully we get some good news about how things have changed for the positive in their life, and um, uh, we'll, we'll see if we can help them out today. So, caller, what do you got for us? Uh, hey, Dan, it's going bad. Hey. It's Homestyle. Manu. Homestyle. How are you? Doing good, man. So, do you want to see my new kitty cat I found? He's so cute and affectionate. Okay, bye. That uh, That's not a cat, but uh, thanks for calling in, and I'm glad I could help you out again. Maybe go to the doctor if it gave you a, uh, gave you a kiss or anything like that, you know. Uh, go talk to a specialist about potential issues you might be having. Peter... I don't think he's called in yet, but uh, Peter Thomas, longtime friend of the show. What do you got for us, Mike? Hey, Ryan. First time calling to the pod after dark, but longtime listener and recreator of the original podcast theme music. Yes, sir. So cool how you still use that theme song uh, for every intro, man. Anyways, my question is about Rogers and how he used to almost superhumanly roll out of pocket pressure and seemingly always throw passes or take off running, which I liked and led to moving the sticks. That isn't my question, but since LeFleur, he seems to roll out a lot less. Perhaps it's affected his run game? The question is, does Rodgers still have wheels? Did he ever really have wheels? And how have his last three seasons running the ball compared to the McCarthy era? The second question is... That you- is a good question, and I... Usually for Packernet After Dark, especially today, I've got one, two... I'm going to count them out. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten... 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21 phone calls to get to today. Um, and I need to get upstairs and and partake in, in family things. But this one deserves a little bit of looking into because I'm curious. I'm not going to do a massive deep dive, but I am going to look a little bit. And actually, my first instinct was to go to SIS, but they only go back to like 2017. So that's not going to give us a really good... Uh, sample size. So let's look at PFF and see what we can find over here. Just generally looking at his rushing ability in his career and if there's a difference. So first of all, um, there is almost a an immediate stark difference that I can see. Not necessarily in terms of overall yards, although there 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 is 
even if you look at touchdowns, there doesn't appear to be too much of a difference. But if we go backwards and look at yards per attempt, for example, um, 2021, 2020, and 2019 are the years that we're looking at Matt LaFleur. And then after that, it's it's something else. 3.1, 3.5, 3.7. That's Matt LaFleur. Before that, 6.3, 5.3, 5.7, 6.0, 5.9. So generally under McCarthy, you're looking at I mean, his career average is 5.0. His highest in the last three years is 3.7. His longest rushing attempt was 18 yards this past 2021 season. Um, His lowest, basically in his entire career prior to, was 18 yards. His, His longest in 2013 was 18 yards. His longest in 2017 was 18 yards. Every other season was longer than 18 yards. So his floor... Under McCarthy was 18 yards. His ceiling under Lafleur is 18 yards. 14 yards in 2020 was his longest carry. And then finally, if you want to see rushing grades, um, basically his heyday was like between 2014 through 2018-ish. Prior to that was not great, but he had almost a 90, an 89.8 rushing grade in 2014. So if you're wondering if the guy ever had wheels, uh, go back and look at 2014. He had 17 rushing attempts for 277 yards, 5.9 yards per attempt, and two touchdowns, an 89.8 rushing grade. The next year, 2015, 80 overall grade, 17 attempts, 364 yards, 6 yards per attempt, and a touchdown. Um, the year after that, 75 overall grade, 28 attempts, 431 yards, and 4 touchdowns. And then the next year was an 86.4, and then a 77 overall grade. Since then, under Matt LaFleur, 71, 56, and 67. So has he ever had wheels? I mean, in terms of his speed, I don't know. But in terms of his grades and his statistics, it seems as though he certainly was um, much more prominent from 2009 to 2018 and much less so now. So yeah, I think I think there might be something there. And I lost your call because I'm over here clicking on trying to find out how many calls I had. So I got to go back and go back and find you. All right, I think we got it back. The second question is, do you prepare meats in the slow cooker, like pulled pork for tacos, or do you make chili? Thanks, man. I'll keep listening. Um, well, I'll yeah, let you finish. I'm enjoying all the Sorry. new additions to the podcast, fam. Go pack. So I have, but not recently. I do like, you know, since pulled pork is such a crucial piece to the the barbecue community it it feels almost like blasphemy now that i started barbecuing to put that in a slow cooker but i tell you what man that is such an awesome meal just some potatoes some carrots some seasoning and a big old pork butt in the slow cooker meat is perfectly tender it's not quite as flavorful but you know it's not as though the smoke permeates to the middle of the meat and and 95 percent of the meat is middle of the meat it's such a huge cut so it's it's delicious, and your whole house smells amazing. Um, but no, I, I don't use the slow cooker all that often. But that is that right there is a pretty clutch meal. Next up, we've got Tim. Hey, Ryan. Tim from California. Been listening to your show since before the 2019 season. Appreciate it. My question is around our wide receiver room. Uh, I still have faith and high hopes that our offense is going to come together under Rodgers. However, if it doesn't, how much blame falls onto the front office and Brian? especially after hearing about Julio and us basically just losing out on our attempt to pursue him in free agency. 
Uh, I know that you can only play so many wide receivers, but I feel it's also about removing possible pieces from other teams. And how much is it going to suck if we end up having to play Julio in the playoffs? Anyway, thanks, Ryan. Love the pod. So, first of all, I had to listen to it again because I keep reading the transcribed words as you're talking. And um, when you said, I have faith, it says, I saw a face. And so because I'm reading it, that's what I heard you say. And I was... I, I. I still got the question, but I was so thrown off by why what you're talking about a face for. Um, I had to go back and, and figure out what the heck you said. Uh, you know, it's it's one of those things where ultimately we'll find out maybe what, what the right answer would be, right? Um, at this point in time, all I can say is I understand the position that the Packers are taking. I can sympathize with it, and I hope it works. And that's that's really the honest position for just about everything. And you know, you could come in on the opposite perspective, which it sounds like you do, which is essentially, I don't agree. You know, I, I understand it to X degree, but I, I generally think that it's incorrect and we should have done this, but we don't know. You know, I mean, if, if Julio ends up tearing it up, and yes, of course, there is a question of, you know, if we end up losing to Tampa and Julio plays any small part in that, that's going to be absolutely devastating, right? Odell Beckham, for example, for the Rams was kind of a, a a sore spot for the Green Bay Packers. Not that we lost to the Rams, but it's still, you know, he clearly, you know, constantly talking about we should get him, we should get him, we should get him. The Rams get him. The Rams win a Super Bowl. And to some degree, Odell Beckham played a part in that. Um, to, to the point at which there are certain games you could probably say without Odell, I don't think they win the Super Bowl that year. So we don't know. And, and even if it does come to that, we don't know, you know, the whole butterfly effect thing. What would have happened if we got him? You know, he could have ended up getting hurt. Maybe it wouldn't have worked out. What does that mean for the guys that we have? Um, as far as the second part of it, of, of getting him just so that nobody else has him. Again, it's all just different perspective, but I can't really get behind that one. I don't really necessarily understand that one. It's really just an assessment of can he help your team? And if not, then you got to let somebody else go get him. And, and ultimately, it shouldn't bother you that much if your assessment is he's not going to help us all that much, right? If, if you think this is 2019, 2018, whatever, Julio Jones, then yeah, you get him, but not because you want to you know, hide him from the rest of the league, but because he's going to massively help you. And if he's not, and you don't want to pay him, then you let him go with no real fear because, you know, again, if you fear him, just pay him and put him on your team. If you don't, then, then you don't. So I get it. Um, the Packers have always been this way, and I, I like it, and I respect it. We can't simply panic about every question mark. At some level, every single year, there's always going to be question marks at certain positions. And, and sometimes you got to roll the dice. And I don't think fans generally like that. If there's an issue, go out and get a big name free agent. And, and part of the issue is there's not enough money. Aside from the fact that a lot of these guys are not what we think they're going to be. And even if, even if they're coming off good years, it's a different team. It's a different scheme. It's a whole different situation. But, you know, for every question mark, you can't you know, we, we would need to get at least one wide receiver, which we did, and that's not even good enough. So we need two veteran wide receivers. We should probably get a tight end. We definitely need another pass rusher. Could, we should consider an offensive lineman, because I'm not entirely positive that we have enough tackles. We might need a third safety. You know what I mean? I mean, at some point, you have to recognize this could potentially be a problem, but oh well. That has to be the way that it is. And I know nobody wants that. Everybody wants to say you need to fix it 100%, but you just can't. And, and you can't even, you can't foresee the future. And um, at some point you need to take your hands off and trust and just see how it goes. And every team has to do that to some degree. 
So again, I see what they're doing. I sympathize with it. I'm worried. I'm sure they're worried. But at the end of the day, kind of like Rogers was talking about in his press conference, we're, we're going to just have to throw these guys to the fire. And he included, by the way, Sammy Watkins in that. So even if we got Julio Jones, he would consider him similar to the rookies because he's never played with them before and they've never been in the system before. So there's an element of just throwing them to the fire, you know, just throw them into the deep end of the pool and see if they can swim. So anyways, appreciate the call, Tim. Jacob, what's going on, man? All right, all right, all right. All right. Listen to enough Thomas Austin, which <laughs> although that was quite funny. Um, that they- it was okay. All right, let's not get carried away with this Thomas Austin nonsense. Stole your show. Isn't that a crime? Anyways, um, as I'm listening and, you know, we got all the jump. I also am kind of freaked out here. Sorry to interrupt you. We don't have any Tom calls. I feel like I'm kind of worried now. I should reach out to him. I don't. Did I say something to upset him yesterday? Maybe it was because I put him on a shot clock and I was like, you've got 10 seconds to get it out. And maybe he's just like, you know what? I'm not calling your stupid show anymore. But yeah, I mean, I there's zero calls from Tom. I got to do a wellness check. We'll do that after this call. Go ahead. Sorry. Some stuff going on. The worst WF, whatever the heck you want to call it, because they've changed it so many times. Think about this. Who's the worst wrestler of all time? I think it has to be Gold Dust. Ooh. Do you remember Gold Dust? I think Gold Dust. Bad. Which is a man who wore a, like a leotard. To, to be fair, I think in terms of being a really good wrestler, he was a very good wrestler, but he was just asked to do a really stupid character, is my understanding of it. Dust Is it Dusty? Am I, I don't even want to say it because I'm probably way off, but that's my understanding. Phenomenal wrestler, great reputation, horrible stage character. Literally sprinkled in gold dust. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I don't know. What the heck is that? Also, I know people love him, but Mankind, or whatever his name was, is that the guy that used to like, take his sock off? And- yeah, I mean... I was going to say, come on, man, you can't be talking about Mankind like that. That was that was pretty dope. But um, yeah, the sock thing is weird for sure. But then on top of that, it's another one of those things where when I was younger, I was super into these things. And then as an adult, you go back and watch it and it's like, all right, this is super stupid. Like <laughs> you watch him doing his his little character thing in the background where he's like pretends to be insane. And it's like, this is a little, little weird. I don't think it's as bad as Gold Dust, though. I think we can probably come up with a, a, a baker's dozen wrestlers that were way worse than... Um, than Mr. Mr. Socko. Or this sock, and somehow the sock killed them. I, I, I'm just, I can't remember. I mean, it was nasty, because I'm pretty sure he used his actual sock. Like, he ripped his sock. I think he, like, pulled it out of his pants, too. Because it, it wasn't like he didn't, like, take a shoe. I think he, like, pulled it out of, like, the front of his pants. Like, Al Bundy would, would be able to grab it out of there kind of thing. Like, he had to dig in there, and pull, it was, that's nasty. Those wrestlers were, you know, well, whatever. For exactly how that I, I did used to watch it. It used to be good. Yep. And now it's just, uh, <clears throat> anyways, Thomas Austin, I love the show, man. Yep. I love the show. I get it. Uh, anyways, have a good night. I am going to do a wellness check on Thomas Austin because I'm, I'm a little concerned. Maybe double check. I, I'm freaking, we got 17 calls from Justin. Um, nothing from Tom. So yeah, I'm, I'm a little concerned. All right. The word is out. Um, let's go to Tom and see what he's doing. Green Bay, Wisconsin. Hey. Ryan. What's up? Hello. Hi. Todd from Hi. Reno, Nevada. <laughs> Hello. This is, this is so, good. 
Got to give you a little trivia to start this off. Oh, don't do trivia. I'm not good Who at was trivia. The succeeding coach. I don't know. Of Vince Lombardi. I don't know. No Googling. I won't, because I'll just tell you I don't know. Okay, give up. Yes. You want me to tell you the answer? Sure. It's bad because Still I can probably. Yep. What? Sorry, it's bad because I can. I mean, it's it's written here. Um, sorry. Go ahead. Assistant coach. I'm 64 years old. I saw the first Super Bowl in front of a black and white TV. Nice. 19 inch with my father, the neighbor, and six kids. I saw Super Bowl two, two in the same way. And speaking of Super Bowl one and two. Did you ever read the book by Jim? No, I've never read a book. Barry Kramer called Instant Replay. It's a great book. You'll love it. It's the story of how the Packers motivated themselves to win Super Bowl two. And it's, you'll, you'll love it. Everybody in will love it. It actually does sound like a good book. I might, I might have to pull the trigger on that. I have been full disclosure, I've been reading books, people. All right. I'm I'm betraying myself, but I have been. So I might I might check that out. So then when you were talking about stadium food the other night. Yeah, stadium food. Stadium food is terrible. I love stadium food. It's not good. The prices are terrible, but we all know that. Stadium food is not I mean I don't I don't I don't eat a lot of it. And I'm not talking about like the stadium restaurant. I'm talking about like concessions. Um, I mean, it's it's cheap pizza, cheap burgers, cheap. It's like cafeteria food. It's not. Uh, it's not great. So, and the other thing, and then I'll let you go. When Brett Favre had Sterling Sharp as his number one receiver, yeah, he he missed a lot of open receivers because all he did was injure himself for looking for Sterling Sharp. I got a feeling this is the same thing that happened with Aaron Rodgers. Remember uh, in the 49ers game, they found a lot of open receivers, and Mr. Rodgers was just looking at the bond there. Yeah. He's going to have to learn to find open receivers and keep looking. He's going to have to learn to trust. And if receiver A drops the ball, and receiver B drops the ball, he's just going to have to go back to him. Yeah. So... I have other things for you, but, you know, we'll save that one every time. Love the show. Be good, everyone. Bye-bye. All right, all right. There you go. Thank you, Tom. Uh, a little hard to hear him there, but um, essentially saying that, you know, Brett Favre had issues when Sterling was there trying to find that next receiver because, I mean, you got freaking Sterling Sharp on your team, right? You want to throw to Sterling Sharp. It makes sense. But um, again, just saying you're, you're going to have to learn to move off it and um, learn to appreciate it. And, you know, if they mess up, then you're just going to have to live with that because they're not Devontae and they're going to mess up. So I fully agree with that. Oh, man, Clayton's just texting me right now. Um, I don't I'm, I'm not going to spoil it because this, this is his baby and I'm not going to do that. But he's got a podcast coming up that um, I got chills just as he's like describing it to me. Uh, the 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 well again no no spoilers but it's a good one. Waiting for a response. I don't know when he's posting it if it's tomorrow or what. But and and as far as I know, we're we're actually breaking news tomorrow. 
Maybe this news is already out there. I have not heard it anywhere. I just found out some very, very serious information that <laughs> I'm going to have to get a little bit more detail on, but um, you might be finding out might be finding out uh, some some information. Anyways, I'm getting distracted. Got to stay focused here. Let's get it over to Goose, man. What's going on, Goose? Hey, Ryan. Goose here. Hey. Just having a thought as I was listening to the overview of how Dobbs is cutting it up again. And just thinking about how epic it would be if we hit on both Dobbs and Watson. Like, can you go through that, suspend disbelief for a minute, and just go through what it would look like if they were both stellar picks? <laughs> Anyways, that's my thoughts. Um, it's funny because I'm just now starting to wrap my head around the concept that maybe Dobbs really is the real deal. Like, that's... It's just starting to hit me that this could actually be real. Because it doesn't seem like it. As I've said, there's only been one time in NFL history, and I'm pretty sure it was back in like the 80s, that a fourth-round pick has cracked 1,000 yards as a rookie. There are a handful of fourth-round picks that have ever, you know, been prominent receivers. Like, ever. It's not a common thing. There's, there's you know, like five in the last, since like 2000 or something that, that were pretty decent that had like thousand yard careers at some point in their career. So, you know, I, I, I just took that information and realized, you know, you've got dozens and dozens and dozens of fourth round receivers over the years. Um, just, just calm down, see how it goes. Maybe he'll be decent. He could be a five, six, 700 yard guy, but let's not get carried away. And I'm just starting to get to the point of being carried away. And now you're going to drop that on me. Ooh, I almost just, Ooh, uh, careful. But yeah, I mean, I, it, the only thing I can really think of is, and, it, and it's different, but it's kind of like when we got Randall and Jordy. Although it's not the same year, it, it kind of has that feel of getting two guys kind of back-to-back, and um, they, they just kind of come up together and are just solid together, you know? Obviously, it was still different because we had a bunch of other guys, and right now we maybe don't. I don't know. You know what would be super crazy is if we did? Like, if, if Lazard met our wildest expectations, and Dobbs and Watson hit so that we do have this this great, you know, we go from, even if none of them are Devante, which, you know, I'm, I'm willing to concede that, you know, maybe ever in their career be Devante. But if we go from having one guy that is just dominant, best in football, we lose him and the assumption is the team is doomed. And then we end up having three solid wide receivers, kind of like, you know, kind of like what Tampa has. Tampa doesn't have Devante. But Tampa's got like the number eight overall, the number 12 overall, and the number 17 overall. Like that that kind of a thing. I'm not saying now. I don't know what they have right now, but they've had that in the past. Probably still have something similar to that. But I mean, you know, it really would be a lethal duo just based on on the kinds of receivers that they are. Um, you know, if, if you th- I'm trying to think of, of a, a pairing right now in the NFL, maybe Tampa... I don't want to get too crazy with uh, Cincinnati comparison, but, you know, you got Jamar Chase, who is, you know, Jamar Chase, and then on the other side, you got T. Higgins. And again, two guys that were drafted really close to each other, 2020 and 2021. But just the dynamic of it to have a guy who is just a a break-the-game wide-open type of a receiver who can be used in so many different ways in Christian Watson. I mean, an absolute just demon to try to contain him. But then you've got Romeo Dobbs, who is just, I don't even want to just necessarily call him a technician like Devontae was, because it's not really that way. He seems like he has some great athleticism, some great hands, 
some some solid speed, even though it maybe wasn't exactly translated on his 40 time. It sounds like he's got great play speed, but just a more well-rounded, just a solid guy, you know, it would be incredible. And um, I don't know. We'll, we'll we'll see how it goes. The it, it makes me sad to think that if, if Rodgers really does call this his last year, and I don't know that he will, and maybe he'll come back next year, but it just feels like there's not going to be that overlap between Rodgers being on the team and these guys really hitting their stride. And maybe Jordan Love is that guy, I don't know. But yeah, very, very excited to see what could potentially be with these guys. And again, it, it, it feels pie in the sky, but the way the NFL is now, wide receivers much more frequently come in and just, just dominate. Every single wide receiver that was drafted in the first two rounds, every note I've seen from them this year, they're great. And again, I know the, the automatic reaction for a lot of people is, well, yes, training camp and, and local reporters, they're always going to say it's great. They're not afraid to trash guys when they're playing poorly. They might get a little bit too hyped, but um, they're, they're not going to just make it up if it's not a real thing. You know, Romeo Dobbs is getting hyped. Is that fake? Is it just reporters being... Bi- no, it's not. You haven't heard about Sammy Watkins. So, anyways, um, hard to really imagine, but... I mean, it's, it's, uh, there's, there's not too many more things that get me more excited. Let's rip through a bunch of Justin calls here. Ryan, I was, uh, the year Jordan Love got drafted, uh, I was invited over to hang out with the family, you know, talking about me. All right, we're going to go to the next one, see if this one comes in a little bit closer. Clear. Hey, Ryan, me again. Hey. Um, hey, I really appreciated your, uh, it wasn't really a rant. It's not like you were mad, but your thing you, on your podcast where you talked about the special teams. So, a couple questions about that. Um, did you get Did you get a bunch of hate? Did your Did your phone blow up or Twitter or anything like that for your opinion on that? And what did I say about special teams? I don't remember what I said about special teams. Sorry. Secondly, I've always been bewildered about the special teams thing because I mean, you guys know way more than I do about the Packers really, and in football. But it feels like this should be, like, the biggest number one issue that should be dealt with. And I know the Packers did something to deal with it, but I feel like they kind of just threw something at it, and they're like, there, we tried. It's going to be better. Yeah, and then no one's talking about it. No one's dealing with it. So I don't know. I was really surprised when I started hanging out in Packernet Podcast that it was, like, barely talked about. But I could be way behind the eight ball on this one. You guys just talked about it a bunch already. So. Anyway, uh, uh, it's a long wait, but I'll wait here for your response today. Um, so again, I'm sorry about not remembering what you're talking about for the first thing. In a sense, that is kind of what they did, but I also think it's about the best that they could do, and, and they have done more than that. But you know, in a sense, they they hired Rich Passaccia and said, "There you go." But if you think about it, compared to what they've done in the past, they didn't do anything and then said, there you go. They hired people with no experience that really didn't know what they were doing and let them run wild because the head coach doesn't really know all that much about special teams. I mean, in in a very real sense. Um, obviously, he could run circles around me or any average person as far as his understanding, but compared to high-quality special teams coaches, he's even said he's learned a ton from Rich Passaccia so far. But, you know... There isn't really a ton else you can do. There, there's the coaching, and then there's the players. And they have added players. They've added some people that Rich knows personally in, in Levitt and uh, Nixon, I think. 
And then the assumption is there's going to be a lot more starters that are playing. Aaron Rodgers even alluded to that, the fact that there's going to be more starters playing on special teams. Those are the things that are going to be different. And a lot of that is just because of Rich Bisaccia. So yes, we just threw that in there, but it, it's kind of like it's kind of like when you have a headache and, and you're just throwing medicine in your face and then saying, well, I guess I took care of it. Well, technically that's what you did, but it's what the medicine does once it gets into your system and it spreads throughout your body and it does whatever it does to, to heal you. We just threw Rich Passaccia India into it, but he's changing everything. He's changing the way that the, the practices are held. He's changing the intensity. He's changing the way that um, the, the understanding and, and the formations and who plays and how they play. And everything essentially is changing. Now, the only thing they could do more would be to go out and get players to specifically fix the special teams, but they're not really going to do that. Again, they have with a couple of people, but I'm talking about like going out and getting ringers you know, getting the best return guy, the best this, the best that. And, and and they still technically could, but you're still dealing with a 53-man roster, and that's the biggest thing. And there are going to be some limits to fixing this. And, and the limit, the, the line in the sand is we are not going to essentially just get special teams guys that don't fill in a purpose on offense and defense. You know, going out and get four, five, six, seven gunners, returners, this, that, and the other. So, I, yes, they've only done a couple things couple tweaks, but I, I think they've also at the same time done pretty much everything that they can do, I believe, is, is, is my thought. Justin again. Okay, I keep forgetting stuff. Um, I wanted to know, um, well, actually, I just wanted to finish my thought on the whole, like, uh, draft thing. All right. Um, I learned that I really can't hang out with quotation mark, real fans and like clutch things. Like if it's a playoff game, big games, draft, that kind of stuff, because if it doesn't go the right way, they're, they're really horrible friends to be around. Right. So I learned that the hard way. Um, now I know. Thanks. Bye. Yeah. And, and again, I think it was you that called before about this exact thing. And, um, somebody did, I don't know, but you need to find friends that are, that match your intensity. If, if you're not really into the draft, and you hang out with people that are diehards, you're going to make them miserable, and they're going to make you miserable. It, it, there's no point to it. So you got to figure out what kind of a... And it definitely sounds like you're a much more casual fan. Like, you don't have any hardcore allegiances. You don't really have any... You don't really get super into the games or super into the whatever. You, you enjoy it from afar as a fun, casual thing. I think you need to find people that are kind of like that, which is going to be hard because... Usually people who want to watch football casually are not hardcore into like, we need to find a group of people that sort of care about football so that we can hang out and sort of care about football together. You know, it's not really a thing. But yeah, I mean, hardcore fans are hardcore. And that's, you know, it's not just a moniker. I mean, they they are just all the time. And it's, yeah, it can be insufferable. Even among hardcore fans, it's it's rough because somebody's always a little bit more intense than you and that's going to annoy you. Somebody's a little bit more positive. Someone's a little bit more negative. Someone's a little bit louder and more vocal when you want them to be quiet or they're too quiet when you want it to be. It's it's tough, but you got to at least lump yourself into a category because if you go all the way into a full new category, it's just, it's never going to work. It's going to ruin your whole friendship. Justin again. Hey Ryan, Justin again. Um, hey, when um, Clayton called, I don't know much about Clayton, but my question is to you about Clayton does he always suck up that bad to you? Anyway, thanks. <laughs> Again, I don't remember what we're talking. You can't go back to stuff that happened like all the way back to yesterday. I can't remember anything, man. Um, I, I think 
Clayton is extremely polite. He's got that southern, uh, southern hospitality, southern gentleman thing. Yes, sir, no ma'am kind of thing. And he's definitely the, um, the rah-rah motivator, you know, you know, trying to inspire people to be their best self kind of a guy. So I don't think it's a sucking up to me thing. I don't think he cares enough about that. He's got his own thing going on. He certainly doesn't need me for anything. He's here because he enjoys it. Um, but no, I think I think it's just a I think it's just that politeness that's built into his sort of you know that redneck DNA. You know, it's kind of like Midwest nice, but it's it's different. Dan, what's up, man? Hey, Ryan. This is Dan Dubois, longtime listener. Don't really have a Packers question for you, uh-huh. but more so of a uh, I need an opinion on this very very serious issue. I love it. So when you order food for pickup. Yeah. And you go to sign the receipt. Okay. And they print off a tip section. Right. Do you or do you not tip when you are picking up your own food? No. Because me personally, I think the tip is for the service. Right. So I don't think we really need to tip when we're driving all the way there to pick up the food. I mean, do you do it at the drive-thru? Because it's the same thing. It's somebody standing there. I mean, what what did the person that's standing who's getting the tip? Let me ask you that question. Let me let me let me let you. Well, I could be completely wrong. I could be sounding like a jackass right now. Give me your honest opinion. Thank you. Bye. Who gets the tip and why? You got somebody in the back room spending what twenty minutes putting all this food together, and then they put it up somewhere, and then somebody runs it up to the person up front who is is the, what, what do you call that? The the concierge, right? They're not even a hostess. Like, it's not like your waitress is standing there like, oh, uh, let me just fill up their water real quick and then here, here, I'm your waitress today. Here's your food. I've been running all over with your food. No, it's the, it's the, it's the lady at the front who says, how many will it be? Or, you know, back in the day, they used to say smoking or not. They don't even have to say that anymore. It's just how many in your party? Or half the time it's go sit down. Someone will be right with you, which I don't even know the purpose of you standing there, but they probably don't have somebody standing there if it's a go seat yourself thing. But I'm, I, no, who gets a tip and why? And again, if you're tipping that person, then you should be tipping in the drive-thru. If, if you're sitting here judging me for my opinion right now, I hope you know that you need to be tipping at the drive-thru because it's the exact same thing. In fact, the person at the drive-thru deserves a tip a lot more because half the time that person's probably helping put your order to, at the very least, they're doing the drinks, if not helping to assemble your food. Sometimes at like McDonald's, I mean, they're, they're shooting down the line, then they come back. They might be scooping up the fries to put in the bag. They're definitely doing your drinks. You should tip that young lady. Not the person who's standing at the front that somebody plopped some food there next to them. Why in the world would they get a tip for that? No chance. All right, Justin, what's up, man? Hey, Ryan. Um, I know you have some daughters. I don't know how old they are. It's irrelevant. I don't need to know. But I wonder, have you started thinking about, like, when they get old enough to date? No. Because I have four daughters and a son. And honestly, I'm a little bit scared to death because I know how I was when I was in the dating scene. Yep. And yeah, I don't, I don't know. I'm kind of, kind of toss up. Don't really know what to do. I mean, I know you can't lock them down in the basement until they're like 25, but you can. Uh, anyway, what are your thoughts on that? You got, you got some kind of plan? You giving it any thought? You know, because I'm kind of stuck. And I know you got some daughters, so, you know, let's collab. Maybe we can help each other out. Um, the plan is 
to be overbearing and to be so strict that they have two choices. They can submit to my rule and authority and be locked up in said basement, or they can rebel and run away from my home and uh, shame the family name. No, man, I, I don't know. I think it just comes down to expectations, you know? It's not that I don't ever want you to be with somebody, I guess, at some point, sometime. But let's try to make sure that we understand that that serves a purpose, and it's not just for your enjoyment, and that we should try to make this a positive thing for you and not a traumatic thing like everybody decides that needs to happen. You know, there should be a purpose to this. There should be some alignment in values and goals, not just he's cute and uh, makes me laugh because I don't care. You can watch movies, lots of cute, lots of funny. You don't need somebody that's going to ruin your life, okay? But um, I'm, I'm trying to not let my mind go there at this time. Probably should, but uh, not. But that's it. That's, that's the expectation. Relationships are for a purpose, not an excuse to be an idiot like I was and like everybody else in history was. And like society tells you, you're entitled to and, and should. You should go be stupid. That, I can't believe that that's like encouraged. You should go make mistakes. You need to do that when you're young. You need to do things that you shouldn't do. You should drink and do drugs and, you know, go get yourself $75,000 in debt trying to figure out what you want to do with your life, which really doesn't mean anything. It just means go to college and get drunk and be stupid. Make horrible decisions and destroy your self-esteem and rack up debt while you do it. We call that figuring out what you want to do with your life. This is what people are told they should do. It's staggering to me that this is the best we can come up with to teaching young adults how to be adults, which we don't do, by the way. Back in the day when you were like 13, you were an adult. (laughs) Now you're like 30 and nobody knows how to be an adult because nobody teaches you how to be an adult because they treat you like you're a kid until you're 18. And then when you're 18 and you have to leave the house, they turn around and look at their parents and go, what do I do? And they're like, I don't know, make bad decisions, get drunk, do drugs. Get in lots of relationships and just yeah, get your heart broken and break hearts and just do all the wrong things. Everything I told you to do when you were younger, don't do any of those things. Get in debt. Go to jail. Like, how, how is this our advice to people? This is, we're so stupid. It's amazing. It's, it's shocking that our culture is in the position that it's in, isn't it? Anyways, uh, next, uh, you know what? Let's take a break here. I think we're probably halfway through this or probably even more at this point. Before we take a break, though, pristineauction.com, P-R-I-S-T-I-N-E-A-U-C-T-I-O-N.com, Pristine Auction. It is the most trusted sports memorabilia auction site anywhere online. They have thousands of autographed items that you can win. They're starting at just $1, and there's amazing deals on there. There was a recently a Justin Herbert jersey that sold for $110, and as I said on the last show that I did, I think, Jerseys, just if you go buy them at the pro shop, are like 110 bucks. This was signed and authenticated. And every item on pristineauction.com comes with a certificate of authenticity from the industry's most reputable authenticators. So you definitely need to head over there and check it out. Build out your man cave. When you do that, though, the very most important thing that you got to do, use promo code ROGERS. They're going to give you $10 off the first item that you win. And, and, super awesome, get entered into a drawing for a signed Quay Walker jersey. Head over to pristineauction.com, sign up on their website using my registration code ROGERS to be entered. Links are in the description. 
In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing. But they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. Hey, Ryan, this is uh, Blake's dad. I was just going to say that I'm going to family night Friday night. Uh, we went last year. My daughter, I take her there. She she has a lot of fun. She cheers Go Pack Go. She likes the Packers, but... uh. She doesn't really like watching them on TV at home. Trying to think, what can I do to get her to want to sit down and watch an entire game with me? If we're at the game, she loves it. But watching TV, no, not so much. You got any ideas? Thanks, man. Well, first of all, um, you should reach out to me. We're, we're contemplating doing a family night live stream. And we have the ability to bring some people on, even with their cell phones. So if you're going to be there and you want to maybe you and your daughter could jump on the live stream while you're there just for a couple minutes, say, hey, show the field and kind of show people what it's like to be there. Um, let me know. We could probably work that out. Um, as far as the other thing, I, I haven't had a lot of success in dragging people and forcing people. The only thing I'll say is kids like being excited about stuff. That's what I really hit on with my son and why he's so obsessed with the Packers. It's not because I sold him that the Packers are so great and football is so great. It's getting them excited about exciting things. And I, you know, I don't know your daughter and maybe girls and boys are just different, right? It's easy with my son when, you know, somebody hits somebody real big, even if you didn't think it was all that great to really be like, Oh, did you see that? And what do kids do? It doesn't matter what it is. If you do that to a kid, they're gonna be like, Oh yeah. Right. They get excited about stuff. The other thing, though, is even if not for him, what I'll say, like with my daughter, Riley, who really couldn't care less about football, but she likes experiences, especially with her family. Right. We talked when I had her on the show um, talking about what is she like, the food she likes, where she likes chips. Make it a fun thing. Right. The, the biggest mistake I made when I was younger and had a brand new family or whatever that pushed my wife and my oldest daughter, especially away from football, is football is about well, it's, it's about me. <laughs> it's, and and it, it's, that's not really the right way to say it, but you know what I mean? It's, it's just, this is what football is and I want you to enjoy it. But that means just come here and scream with me. I didn't make it a fun experience. I was just a ranting, raving lunatic and they didn't understand what was wrong with me. And I was like, why don't you guys like, why aren't you enjoying this? What's going on? If you want your kids to like it, make it a fun thing. Hey, 
Packer game this Sunday. What do we? What should we do for food? Like, should we get some pizzas? You know, whatever your daughter likes. Like, she likes ice cream. We should get some ice. You know, go get. We should go to cult. Make it a tradition. Every Sunday, we go to Culver's. We get cheese curds, ice cream. Then you lay out a spread on the table. You get some chips and salsa, and then you get some traditions. Right. Whenever the Packers score, you get up and do a dance. You have a dance contest or something. You know, kids love that stuff. And it's fun. It is. It's, it sounds stupid to people that don't have kids. Like, dude, I'm never, ever having kids. Sounds stupid. When you have them, though, that's, that's fun stuff, man. You pick your kid up and, like, throw them in the air, which they want you to, they're begging you to do that anyways. You know, you pick them up and you, like, toss them and catch them and toss them and catch them whenever there's touchdowns. Dude, they're going to, they want touchdowns all the time. All they're going to want is touchdowns. So that would be the biggest thing. Make it a fun experience so that they can't wait for the next football game. Even if it's not necessarily the football game, it's the experience. Make it a good experience. But part of that is knowing your kid, right? For my son, it was just make it awesome. To this day, I mean, he's getting older. I, I can still kind of do that with him. And now he can kind of just do that. on He'll turn on tennis and he'll just do that to himself. Like, oh, that was a great shot. Like, yep, he's got it. Here you go. But different kids have different things that they like. You're the dad. You know what they like. Make it about that. Anyways, next up we got... Hey, Ryan, this is Tom from Austin, Texas. (laughs) Thomas Austin. I've got an issue with my family I need to talk about. All right, man, let's do this. My family lives in Dallas, Texas, and they are obviously Cowboys fans. Okay. My in-laws, my wife's whole family live in Houston, Texas, and they're obviously, you guessed it, New Orleans Saints fans. (laughs) Right, obviously. I am a diehard Packer fan. Right. The thing is, it doesn't bother my family or my in-laws at all. They couldn't care less. All right. We joke about it, you know, at family gatherings. You know how we all like different football teams. It's all good-natured and fun. Ha-ha, the Packers are so good. What's up with Rodgers and that new porn stash he's uh, showing off at training camp? Yep. I mean, what's up with that? Why is my family so weird, dude? I could really use some advice on how to talk to them about it. All right, go pack, go. I'll hang up and wait for your response. So, so is your question why is there not more anger and animosity? Um, I I don't know honestly. I think it's a good thing though because I don't like Cowboys fans that are jerks and hate the Packers. And that would be true of just about any team. You know, some good-natured fun is is fine. But if it's really bugging you, I, I would just say you got to kind of initiate a little bit. You know, like, hey, Rodgers, you guys are so good. And it's like, yeah, Cowboys suck, though, right? How's McCarthy doing, that guy that we fired like 40 years ago because he sucks? You know, I, I just start poking. The, eventually, they're going to have to fight back or just never invite you to family functions which is the risk you're going to have to take if you really want to set this thing off. I'm not sure why. Is there a deeper issue here? You can talk to me. Is there, is there an issue with your in-laws? D- does your mother-in-law do that thing where she'll come over and like start cleaning and then kind of give you that sideways look? You know, the look where it's like, why don't you do anything around here? Is that, is that what's underlying this whole thing? Does your father-in-law come over and start like fixing stuff? And your wife is like, oh, I've been, this thing isn't working. He's like, oh, I got tools in the car. I'll go take care. And he, he does that thing. And then your wife is like, oh, good thing my dad was here. He knows how to fix stuff. And it's like, you know what? You know what? I know how to do stuff too, okay? And I clean sometimes. And I bet I could fix that so good. And really what's what's coming out of you is, 
I hate the Cowboys. What well, really what you're saying is I feel emasculated because honestly, I have no idea how to fix that thing. And my father-in-law just made me look stupid in front of my wife. And worse than that, my wife went and asked her dad because she, she ain't going to ask you to do it. Is that what this is? This isn't about the Cowboys, man. This isn't about them being polite. You got the sideways eye. What's really bad is when your wife's pregnant. <laughs> when mom and grandma and those folks come out, you leave the house. Just leave. Just walk away. You'll get in trouble for it, but it's going to be better in the end. Just leave. There is something, I know this wasn't the question, there is something deep down in the fabric of the DNA of women. When another woman is pregnant and another man is, preg- is present, you have to hate that guy. You gotta hate him. It's just the, it, it, it doesn't matter. It's in the fibers of their being, you know? Like th- this lady here who is pregnant, which is, you know, I'm, I'm not you know, not saying anything, but she hasn't done anything in months, right? <laughs> she can't move. She's upstairs in the bedroom because if she smells the smell of anything, she's sick. So all of the shopping, all of the cleaning, all of the everything has been done by me. But, you know, some things kind of don't get done. And for those reasons, you are the worst human being on earth. It's a heck of an experience, man. The pregnancy thing, it's crazy. And you can't say anything about it. If you're the worst person on planet earth for, for not, you know for leaving that thing on the floor, you better just nod your head and go, yeah, I suck for sure. I'm going to, I'm going to go repent and then just leave. And talk a lot about what women go through with pregnancy. And I'll tell you what, it's brutal, but not enough is said about what we have to endure. It is a nightmare. I'll tell you all day long, kids are great. There's nothing great about pregnancy. Oh, I know. Poor you. Yeah. Poor me. Do you have any idea the emotional trauma that that we have to go through? How many pep talks I've had to give to other guys when their wives are pregnant because they think their marriage is just over? Like, there's no coming back from this. I don't think I can ever love my wife again. It's like, dude, listen, I promise you, this isn't your wife. This isn't her. You just forgot what she's like. She's cool, dude. You guys get along. You just forgot. You forgot. But you'll find it again. And that angry monstrous person who hates you (laughs) and has hated you for months will cease to exist. And everybody will be happy. She'll be happier because she can breathe, you know? She can, like, take six steps without wanting to pass out. And you can walk in and out of rooms without being berated about how you walked in and out of the room. It's really great all around once the baby is born. It's fantastic. Anyways, we got uh, Superstar, Superbad, whatever his name is, here next. What's going on, man? Oh, hey, Strong Bad. Hey. Strong Bad. Strong Bad. Hello. Hey. Strong Bad. You gotta... I'm here, man. It's a voicemail. Fine. Go ahead and ignore me. Yeah. Well, pick up some milk on your way home from the store. It's stinky. (laughs) Okay. He obviously broke up with his girlfriend. Now he's got stinky milk in the fridge. See, be careful what you wish for, dude. You kicked her out of the house, and now you got to deal with with curdled milk. Actions have consequences, Strong Bad. I'm sorry. Jacob, what's going on, man? Hey, Ryan. Uh, yeah, man. I just wanted to be the first to, uh, to let everybody know that apparently there is a Roadhouse remake that has been confirmed. Yeah. Um, it's going to be starring Jake Gyllenhaal and uh, Conor McGregor. Makes yeah, sense. So... We're all going to need to uh, check in on... Wait a minute. 
I knew this information, but this is just dawning on me. The this is a remake, so we're going back to to what Pine Bluff, Arkansas, or whatever nonsense town of forty people, and what there's going to be some random dude with a thick Irish accent. What is it? The Irish mafia moving into uh, nowhere, M- Missouri? The IRA? Are they invading America? <laughs> Actually, uh, I, 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 I need to interject here real quick. I found a, a clip. This is from the upcoming movie. It's a scene, um, Roadhouse, scene with Conor McGregor. Here it is. I just can't get it out of my head, but looking back, I should have just pulled my knee from my leg and hit him with it, you know what I mean? That's, that's what I'm... So anyway, it sounds like a great movie. Go ahead, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. Fighting over the next few days and weeks and just try to make sure that he knows that we're there for him and... Um, that it's not worth it if he's thinking about doing anything, you know, crazy. That just, you know, talk to someone, Clayton. We're here to help you, and uh, it'll be okay, man. It'll be all right. It will be interesting to see. I, I think you know what we need to do. I'll tell you exactly what we need to do, Clayton. Um, if you're listening, and this is probably breaking all kinds of rules, but but we'll it's something to think about. We should do some kind of a live watch party where Clayton is live streaming his reaction to watching the um, bastardization of the great American classic Roadhouse, because I feel like that's something the world needs to see. Garrett, talk to me, my brother. Hey, Ryan, this is Garrett. It's about 120 degrees heat index here today, so Uh I'm probably sweating more than Tom trying to get out his first question in under 30 seconds. (laughs) Uh, My only take today... Stop, he's never going to call again. ...is uh, reading about Dobbs and his... Nickname that Stokes gave him, Silent Killer, and I just... I didn't even hear that. Thought maybe you want to pass it on to Stokes that uh, I think Tom's wife already nicknamed Silent Killer after their tragic cross-country trip in their station wagon when they stopped at Taco Bell and he had an unfortunate bowel movement. <laughs> I'm out. Well, there was a... Uh, I hate to use the term, but there was a pretty solid nugget in there um, talking about the the information about the, the nickname, not uh, the, the Taco Bell trip. Silent killer, huh? I can get behind that. No no further comment necessary, though. Hey, man. I've enjoyed all your recent Taco Talk with Ryan podcasts this week. Huh. All right. Your recent comments about peanut butter and jellies got me thinking. Creamy or crunchy? Yep. Then... Strawberry or grape? Okay. Or are you an orange marmalade guy because you're fancy? Stop. Irregardless, here's a recipe for you. All right. Hot dog bun. Yep. Spread the peanut butter on it. Yep. Banana. Then top with your favorite jelly. Okay. You're welcome. And I am making good old-fashioned gringo tacos for dinner. Nice. I'll keep listening. Go pack, go. I'm glad that my people are congregating to this. It's it's one of those, it's, it's it's a taste thing. You know, this podcast. And so probably the vast majority of Packer fans have decided this is a garbage show. However, um, certain people that have maybe certain unhealthy relationships with food and and other types of people are gravitating here because I, I, John, me and you, man, we're we're on similar wavelengths here. First of all, in regards to peanut butter, and you want to talk about an unhealthy relationship, I should not have peanut butter in my home. It is dangerous. Between peanut butter and like taco shells, meat and cheese, I don't know which is more dangerous to have around me. Here's the thing with peanut butter. When we're talking peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, it's creamy. That I don't want, peanut butter and jelly is, is, 
It tastes delicious, but it's also about the texture. You don't even have to really chew it. You know, it just kind of like mushes and melts in your mouth. You can chew it. I'm just saying you don't have to. You don't put crunchy on it. However, crunchy peanut butter is delicious. And I discovered this when I lived on my own and decided that I was going to indulge all my fattest desires. And I don't know if I bought it on accident or on purpose or what, but I bought peanut butter just to like scoop and eat as I'm like watching Reno 911 or whatever I was watching on on the television. Because that was my life. You'd stop at the grocery store, indulge in like brownies, whipped cream, and peanut butter, and then go home and watch television until you pass out at one o'clock in the morning on your couch because, I, you know, basically my bedroom was the living room and I just slept on the couch and watched TV. It was It was so good. It was so great. I mean, you can't live like that forever. I would be dead by now. Um, so I'm appreciative to having a real adult as a partner that taught me to be an adult and all that. And it's great. But pe- crunchy peanut butter is delicious. I, I just don't really like it for anything other than by itself. I, I have put it in my oatmeal. It's fine. It's, it's the, the crunch doesn't bother me, I, I guess. I don't know why it seems weird. It seems like a bad thing, but it's, it's really not. As for the recommendation for uh, hot dog buns, I have not done the uh, banana. I know that's a big thing. I've absolutely used hot dog buns, though, just because, you know, if you, if you run out of bread and you still want peanut butter and jelly, of course I'm just going to use a hot dog bun. I've also used crackers. I think crackers, you know, Ritz crackers, it's not great, but it's something. It's not bad. Just peanut butter cracker, jelly cracker, smash it together, good to go. Um, I have done peanut butter and jelly on taco shells, just the flour ones, not the corn ones. Flour, it's not bad. I think it's pretty good. Um, and yes, I've also just had peanut butter on a spoon and scoop a little jelly on it and eat it just because, why not, dude? But I will try to... Oh, and as far as as far as the jelly goes, let me be very clear. Grape jelly is is gross. I, I had it when I was younger. It was okay. It was fine, I guess. But I will never choose to eat great grape jelly ever. It's just not appropriate or acceptable. Um, strawberry is delicious. It's my number two favorite. Raspberry is the way to go. I love raspberry jelly. Strawberry is kind of a close second, but not quite there. And that's the that's it. Those are those are the options. So I'm so grateful for you calling in and asking about peanut butter and jelly because it is the most underrated food in the history of the world. I love it so much. Hey Ryan, uh, kind of a silly question, but I was wondering if you ever uh, decide how good a draft prospect is going to be just based on their name. Hmm. Like for example, like this year when I heard the name George Pickens, I knew that was going to be a football player, and like his parents when they named him, knew he was going to be a football player because... Hold on. I'll, that's the football Sorry. name I've ever heard in my life. But really? then I hear a name like Drake London, I'm like, that's not a football name. I don't think he's going to be very good. Like, I got a dynasty draft coming up this week, and uh, I don't think I'm going to pick Drake London because it's not his name. That, that's just not a football name. I don't know. Do you feel that way? All right. Thanks. So, that's a great question. Um... Kind of, I guess. I, I thought this was going in a different direction, so I'm kind of thrown off. I thought you were going to, like, do you like prospects based on their name? And, of course, there, there are names that uh, Baby is still the greatest name ever. Um, but anyways, first of all, let, let me just address a couple things here. You knew George Pickens was going to be good because he has a good football name. What in the world makes you think George Pickens? George Pickens would be, like, maybe a good football name if this was 1922. George Pickens sounds like a name from some old-timey movie. That there's George Pickens. I'm picturing like a, a 
A guy that looks like Colonel Sanders with a big gut, you know? Probably a governor or something. Governor George Pickens. It's not a football player. What, who, who in the, who's the best wide receiver that you know with a name like George Pickens? No, it's, it's Devontae Adams. It's DeAndre Hopkins. I mean, maybe Calvin Johnson, I guess, if you think about it, is, is a, definitely not a very football-y sounding name. So, but still, there's nothing about George Pickens. I'm just curious. What, what in your mind is like, dude, that is a football name right there. By the way, position by position, I think it matters. Let's, let's do this right now, actually. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to go position by position because it's different, right? George Pickens might be a pretty good quarterback name, not a good wide receiver name. All right, quarterbacks, C.J. Stroud, Bryce Young, Will Levis, Anthony Richardson, Tyler Van Dyke. Top five quarterback, Tyler Van Dyke. Man, this stupid Tyler Van Dyke thing, he did end up shooting up the boards. I knew that was going to happen. Makes me so mad. If I had to pick a name, I'm leaning Bryce Young. If I have to pick one, maybe Will Levis kind of feels like Anthony Richardson is too long. That feels maybe like a running back name. Tyler Van Dyke sounds like a good college quarterback name, not a good professional quarterback name to, uh, it's, and then CJ Stroud, I, the, the, the whole CJ thing, maybe for a football player, not a quarterback, you know, I mean, RG three didn't really pan out. Who else is like a, so yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going Bryce Young or Will Levis for quarterback names, running back names, Bijan Robinson. Jameer Gibbs, Zach Evans, Tank Bigsby, Devin Akane or whatever. Tank Bigsby sounds cool, but it also is one of those things where guys with those super like crazy tank type names, they don't actually end up becoming quite good at stuff. I think Jameer Gibbs feels like a running back name to me. Bijan Robinson, I know, is, is a cool name and all that, but Gibbs, I don't know, it's just got a feel to it, you know? Gibbs. I'm drafting Gibbs in my, in my league or whatever, you know? Wide receiver. And I, and I know I'm going to say, JJ told me how to say the guy's name, and I forgot, Jackson Smith in Jigba, something like that. I could see it. it. It's not, you know, you got Marquez Valdez, Scantling. You got some long names in there. You got the St. Browns. There's some hyphenated stuff in there. Um, Kayshawn Boot, Jordan Addison, Quentin Johnston, Jermaine Burton. I think Jordan Addison kind of has a maybe. Jermaine, Jermaine's a good first name. I don't know about Burton. Quentin Johnson, maybe. Quentin Johnson sounds pretty solid. Otherwise, just go with Jackson Smith and Jigba. It's 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 a cool name. It's got the hyphenated thing. That might be the that might be the wide receiver name. Otherwise, Marvin Mims, just because you've got Mims already. Tight end Michael Mayer. That sounds about right. Jaheim Bell sounds like a, a running back name to me. Eric Gilbert. It's more quarterback. Cameron Latou, Sam Laporta. I think Michael Mayer sounds solid. I'm gonna skip offensive line because I don't really know. But defensive line, first thing I'm looking for. I want to find some Polynesian names, right? Some some Samoan type names. Give me that guy every time. Uh, let's see if we got any of that. We don't have any up top. Siaki Ika. Yeah, dude's probably pretty good. Sounds more Japanese to me, but it's same similar heritage. So, anyways, we're already an hour in, so I won't go through every single position. But I kind of know what you mean. I just I I don't really fully understand the. Uh, the choices you're you're making with this, and if you're going to stake a, a a draft on it, it makes me nervous. So, um, and you know, if I had to pick between George Pickens or Drake London in terms of wide receiver name, I'd probably go with Drake. I don't know. London is not like a football name, but I don't know. I get what you're saying. I just don't know if we we fully line up on what the names would be. 
Anyways, continue with uh, your next question. Follow up on the football player name thing. Like, here, here's my proof that it actually makes sense. All right, should have done this first. The Chiefs drafted Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Yeah. The least football Stupid. name of all time. Stupid. Over Jonathan Taylor. Right. The most football name of all time. I, I'm with you on that. I'm with you so, on that. Sometimes you like to crap on the. Chiefs uh, front office. Yeah, the, the whole Frenchiness of it, and they've done that. They had another guy that had like a Frenchy name that annoyed me. Don't do that. Don't get the guys with the Frenchy names. That's another, another thing you got. Clyde Edwards Hilaire. Shut up. They drafted Clyde Edwards Hilaire, which is not a football name. Nope. It's like a figure skater name, I think. Yeah. And, Maybe fencing or something stupid. And for Jonathan Taylor, which I. Like. If I didn't know any football players ever, and someone was like, oh, did you hear about Jonathan Taylor? I'd be like, what, is he a football player or something? Right. No, and I'd it. be right. Yeah. Because it's the most football name ever. Right. Yeah. And anyway. It, and if you're talking about Clyde, and if you say it correctly, right? Because I know bye. it's like, bye. If you say Clyde Edwards Hilaire or whatever, but I'm pretty sure it's pronounced like Hilaire because it's stupid in French. If you said it properly and like, dude, have you heard about Clyde Edwards Elaire? Nobody's thinking football. Like, what is that? Like, he's a, he's an athlete. Is that soccer? Table tennis? I don't know what we're talking about here. What did you just say to me? So yeah, I'm 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 with you. I'm with you. Uh, this doesn't look like it's a phone call. What is this? Yep, that was a accidental butt dial. Looks like we got about three left. So we'll see how this goes. Nate, what's going on? Hey, Back Daddy, want to get your thoughts on something. All right. Um, so Jordan Love, I know everybody seems to hate him. I still think he's going to start someday. All right. What do you think if Rodgers only plays to 40, uh, what the plan could be for him? Is he going to be on his rookie contract still, and we're just going to pick up that fifth-year option? Are we going to trade him before then? Um, and maybe uh, this is a really crazy thought. Maybe you get the HML on this, but – would Rodgers be possibly interested in doing a new role as the backup quarterback and quarterback coach? Is that even legal in the NFL? Um, that's something that I'd be interested to hear your thoughts on. Go, Pago. So we'll go backwards. Um, I think when Rodgers leaves, he's all the way gone. I don't think he wants to stay around and, and, and babysit football players. You know what I mean? I just don't see that being his course of action. I think when he goes, he's he's going. He's going up into the mountains, and he's going to smoke ayahuasca or whatever you do with ayahuasca, shove it in your eyeball. I don't know what you do. Um, and, and he's going to go trip out in the mountains and, and get enlightened with the stars and stuff. Did you listen to that interview? The guy was describing, not Rogers, but the guy that was there, and I'm sure Rogers has had similar experiences. He was describing the ayahuasca trip that he went on, and this is supposedly what's so enlightening. It's how he knew he had cancer, which I don't know if he's ever had cancer or whatever, but the ayahuasca told him he had cancer. But he went through this this thing where it's apparently really strong ayahuasca. So he was like, yeah, sign me up for that. And the ayahuasca showed him, these are his words, every way in which he could die, which is not what happened. There were three really crazy things in which he died, or four, I guess, with the cancer. Bugs went into his eyes, laid eggs, and exploded. And that was one way. Um, eels basically attacked him from the sides and, and ate his organs. And then the third one was he was he was nude and was sliding down a prickly tree and it split him basically up the middle. Um, and then, then he found out he had cancer. And then, then he was like, oh no, cancer. So 
Anyways, that's what Rogers will be doing. He's going to be doing that, and and apparently you have no control over your bowels when you do this. So I, I don't. I have no idea, man. I I can't explain. I don't think he's going to coach, though. I don't think that's going to happen. Um, as for Jordan Love, um, it obviously depends when Rogers leaves. Um, I would think they'd want to pick up the option, and Jordan would probably be on f- in uh, okay with that as well. Just because how much is the guy actually going to, you know, how do you even negotiate a contract for him? Maybe the Packers would be interested in doing it. Like, hey, we'll lock you up for, but maybe they wouldn't even, you know, they want to see him too and see if we want to even lock him up or need to move it. So they would have to, if it's an option, um, get him on that that option and let him play just so everybody kind of understands. The Packers understand if they want to move forward with him and if so, what he's worth. And Jordan Love will kind of have a, and his agent will have an understanding of that. The real complication obviously comes in after his rookie contract if Rodgers decides to linger for a little bit because now we have to extend the guy um, based on what? Maybe it's just a one-year whatever, like one year we're going to pay you to be our backup kind of thing. I'm not sure, but we don't really need to worry about it. And as far as trading, I don't think they really have any plans to trade Jordan Love. Um, I think they like him. I think they... You know, they've been putting a lot of work into making him the quarterback they want him to be, and it wouldn't really make sense to give up on three years of training him to be a Matt LaFleur quarterback just to send him on his way right as Rodgers is about to leave. So I think Rodgers will leave eventually, and they'll let him play for a year, and then they'll kind of reassess what they want to do. That's sort of my thought on that. Um, JJ's up next. What's going on, podcast, man? Hey, that's loud. I've got some questions about uh, some of the members of your Packernet team. What is, no- all- what is the noise? JJ, what is going on, man? Making my ears bleed. Clayton, a suck up? Yeah. Second. <laughs> what did you guys like tag team this thing where you call Clayton a suck up? Like, hey, call him up and say he's a suck up, and then I'm going to call him 10 minutes later and call him a suck up. Uh, Sam Holman. Yeah. Liberty. All right. I'm sorry. I can't. I can't do it, man. Hey, Ryan. It's Chris from Green Bay. I just want to thank you for creating the podcast. I love when you somehow manage to squeeze those office references into your show. Yes, sir. I'm just a big fan and long-time listener here. And just a few quick questions for you. Appreciate it. I want you to think about this long and hard. Oh, boy. I okay. Are you are you trying to set me up for that's what she said? Is that what you're doing? That was a test. I know it was a test. Who's your Toby in the NFL, whether it be a player, coach, <laughs> team? Same. All right, so now he's he's going to go through the different. So who is my Toby? I, I, I'm assuming you're saying I'm Michael Scott and and Toby or are you just saying like a pouty person? I'm assuming it's like the person that you hate is what you're that's what we're going to go with. Um whether it be a player, coach or team he says and then then he goes on to other people. Um I can't super think of anyone. I can't get Justin Fields off my head only because that's the guy I keep tearing into, but I I don't think that's really fair because as I said, I don't I don't dislike Justin Fields at all. I just like making fun of Bears fans for having faith and belief in something and then it blew up in their face again justin fields just happens to be the object that that we're using as a you know whatever um gotta be somebody that i just absolutely despise their face and i can't think of who it is 
It's got to be someone on the 49ers. Um, it may, maybe it's just the 49ers in general. You said it could be a team. I, I really hate that team with a passion. Probably in a more unique way than even the Vikings. Or There's some level of respect that I have. There's, there's a mutual sort of just, you know, it's just a respect that you have with a division rival. You know, you, you go to battle every year and you do this thing. The 49ers are just an absolute horrific thorn that somehow managed to simultaneously suck all the time, but be really, really good, at least enough so, to ruin our lives. And I don't understand how that works, but I just, I can't, I hate them. I really do. I hate the 49ers with a passion. Continue on with... Goes for Todd Packer. All right, Todd Packer. Um, so Todd Packer, how would, how would you... This would probably have to be a player. And it's a guy that's kind of wild. He's hated by everybody. Has a really strong personality. Womanizer. Oh, we're talking about Deshaun Watson. <laughs> that's, that's who it is, right? Everybody hates him. He's really abrasive, and especially toward women. I think that has to be the answer, right? Could be Antonio Brown. Similar reasoning. Loud, abrasive for a lot of different reasons, but especially toward women. It works. Either way. Either way works. And if there are any other character correlations you can make, go for it. <laughs> I appreciate your show because you always leave me satisfied and smiling. <laughs> Keep up the good work, Ryan. That's what she said. All right. Um, there's got to be at least one more here. I think if I had to pick a Michael Scott that was, let's say, if, let's say I had to pick a head coach to be Michael Scott. Because there might be a better Michael Scott, but I'm I'm just looking at head coaches. I would say it's probably Pete Carroll. The guy thinks he's so cool. He thinks he's hilarious. He thinks he's the greatest boss in the world. He's always walking around with this like strut, like he's some 25 year old bodybuilder, and really he's like a 95 year old man that needs crutches. You know, he's got like this big wide strut. He's always chewing his gum like he's super cool. And in reality, his 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 entire team is garbage, and he probably should be fired for being inept at his job. John Gruden wouldn't have been a horrible person to, you know, if he was still around. And then I, I can't get uh, comparing Dwight and the Detroit Lions head coach out of my head just because they're so unnecessarily over the top with everything, you know, unnecessarily masculine with everything. You know, Dwight doesn't have like a big giant muscular frame or whatever, but similar mentality, you know, just like, dude, maybe chill or something. I wish I can go back to do JJ's, and I would try to read it so that we could do that, but that this doesn't really make a lot of sense, and I cannot listen to that noise anymore. But um, if you want to try that again, JJ, without the screeching nails on a chalkboard thing, uh, we can do that tomorrow. Anyway, so you guys have yourselves a fantastic day, and I will talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye-bye. 